Hi, we're Matt and Lindsay Care. I'm Lindsay. I'm Matt. <laughs> you may have heard us before on Alan and Katie's podcast. Um, they interviewed us several months back, and um, when I found out that Alan was going to be going back to church, when I read his message about that online a few days ago, I approached him and asked if it would be okay if I participated as well. Um, I have not gone to church since winter time. This last winter, I think it was maybe February or early March. And um, my last experience at church was me um, coming home crying. <laughs> and so ever since then, even that same day, I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm not going to stop there. I'm not going to have my last day in church be me crying. Um, I want to be able to be amongst those friends and neighbors and my husband. And I want to be able to sit through a meeting and listen and find the good and, you know, and just be able to participate when I have nephews and nieces and uh, brothers and sisters who are having events, you know, where they, where I would need to go to a church meeting. I want to be able to do that and not have it be such a traumatic um, experience for myself. And so when Alan um, said that he was going to go back to church, I um, immediately just wanted to join him. And I wanted to take on that challenge as well to, to give it a shot and just to see how it goes and just to be super curious. Um, so that was my goal um, going to church today was to just be curious, to just go and watch and listen and, and to remember like what kind of set me off last time and to, to be curious why that happened and to you know just try to figure out, is church a place that I want to be once in a while? And is church a safe place for non-believers? And does it need to be safe? Is it okay if it's not safe sometimes? Um, anyway, so that's kind of, those were the questions that I was kind of posing to myself as I went to church today. Um, as Matt and I woke up this morning, do you want to kind of tell a little bit about that, Matt? We had, um, a teary conversation as we often do. So Lindsay, uh, I came home from a scout camp and she said, I'm going back to church tomorrow. And I was like, really? (laughs) Because, uh, the previous time, not only did she have a a rough time, I had a rough time because she had a rough time. In fact, um, there was a comment given in a lesson and and I ended up having a really, why don't you tell a little bit about like what the lesson was about and like just the direction it turned. The, The lesson, it was, it was a come follow me Sunday school lesson. Um, and, uh, I found out later, and so this gave me a little bit more opportunity to have a little bit more love and grace for somebody else, that the person who was teaching the Sunday school lesson was kind of asked last minute to teach. Um, so he wasn't fully prepared, and uh, and the topic was something to the effect of... Um, the light of Christ. The light of Christ. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was the light of Christ, and and uh, he he started by talking about some people that he knew... Uh, who had left the church and um, how he, he'd he seen, in his opinion, he'd seen the light of Christ go out of their lives. And a co-worker who just had never been a member of the church. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. and um, as Lindsay describes it, her eject button went off and she was like, I'm, I have to leave. Um, and so after she left, I, I sat there for a few minutes thinking, I sat there thinking, what, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, what am I going to do about this? Um, and I couldn't just sit there through the rest of the lesson and, and know that my wife had just walked home um, in tears. And so I left and, and went back, went to our house um, and comforted her. But then I also knew that I wanted to be back there 
to try and understand what I was feeling and um, I didn't want to have want to have hard feelings towards this person. That was the funny part about it too is that I my eject button did go off, but it felt useful to me. It didn't feel I didn't feel like oh someone just you know, just abused me and now I'm a victim and I have to leave or something. It didn't feel that way at all. I just felt sad. That was it. <laughs> and I think because I've been trying to do so much work on myself personally, like just owning my own emotions and feelings and and just allowing myself to feel emotion, that's what happened. I just allowed myself to feel emotion. And um, when he said those words, I felt super sad. And so I walked home crying, but it was like a really useful emotion. It was a useful cry. I got home and I cried for probably another five or ten minutes and then I was done. And I, the entire time I honestly never even felt malice towards him. I just was like, that was just sad. That was just an unfortunate situation where I heard words that just didn't feel good or kind and, then they, and I felt sad about them. And, um, and it was interesting though because Matt did feel very defensive. He came home and was like, why did he have to do that? And I was like, it's fine. Like I'm not mad at him. I was actually super grateful because I had had an opportunity to speak with this same uh, gentleman um, several weeks earlier at a Christmas party and I had gotten to know him. And um, I think if I hadn't gotten to know him, that I too may have been like, um, you know, like, gosh, why was that guy being so harsh with people, you know, who are inactive or people who aren't members of the church? But I think because I'd had those, you know, that 20 minutes to sit and visit with him and kind of get to know him my instinct was to give him the benefit of the doubt and just be like, oh, he probably just doesn't know that many people who have left the church who um, still have a light about them, right? And if people don't know a lot of people like that, then it, of course it would be simple for them. Their eye would be looking for that, right? His eye was looking for flaws in you know, in um, theories and people's lifestyles that don't match his own in order to make his seem justified. I think that's what we all do. And so I, anyway, so I kind of was like, ah, it's fine. I don't, I don't blame him. He probably just doesn't know that many people. And, and Matt is still trying to, to, um, you know, drop the frustration <laughs> with him. But anyway, so that was my last experience at church, yeah. right? Was well, and actually that, let but, me, so it yes. was interesting because, uh, I did go back mm-hmm. and, um, if, if your eject button hadn't gone off and if I hadn't left, um, I would have heard, I, I did hear when I got back a lot of comments um, because I think it was very evident that it was hurtful. And there were a lot of comments about uh, people who, who had the light of Christ and, and are not members of the church. And, and a lot of people um, kind of almost confronting him. And so it was interesting because there was, there was a lot of discussion. I think it was a very productive discussion. I think it was very good. Um, it was a good thing that that a lot of people were able to to witness and to kind of see it within themselves and to try and figure out like what how they navigate um, their life and how they navigate this kind of situation because mm-hmm. it's it is it's common that you're going to run into somebody who is not of your belief, even people who are even people who are in a marriage who uh, completely are active LDS, they still, it's still a mixed faith marriage. Sure. They still have different beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like, well, I, I understood this scripture that way and you understand it this way. We all have differing beliefs. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's good for people to recognize that like, not everybody sees things exactly as I do. 
and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to communicate? That's ultimately what we want to do is, is have connection and communication. That's yeah. really what we're, you know, why we have human relations is to have that connection and that communication. And that's what we're trying to do. Sure. And I think the older both of us get, the more we realize that that is like the happiest thing in our whole life, right? Is like our relationships with each other, with our kids, with our siblings, with our friends, like they just bring so much joy to us. And so I, hello, we live in bountiful Utah, right? Like everyone we know is Mormon and we, there are actually, there is a little bit more diversity on our, on our street right now than there probably has been in the past. And we love that. We're so grateful for that. But I want to be able to go once in a while and have it be an okay experience. So that's what we, Matt and I were laying in bed talking about this morning is like our, okay, is it, I mean, is being, um, you know, active in the LDS church, is it kind of similar to like being in a Facebook group, right? Where there are these moderators who kind of make some rules as to what's okay and what's not okay. And then different people decide if they want to come or if they don't want to come or the moderators decide you get to come in or you don't get to come in, right? And then once you're in the group, like you get to participate, right? And if you participate the way that the people in the group like, then they'll give you likes and they'll give you thumbs up and they'll, and they'll, and the moderators won't block your comments, right? And if you participate in ways that are not favorable, you know, to the group, then of course you can get blocked or people will, you know, will give you, um, you know, disparaging comments, whatever. So that's what I was like kind of thinking this morning, like, is, do I even want to do this? Am I signing up? Am I like inviting myself to a party, to a Facebook group, right? That I'm really not even welcome in. And so that's where I started falling apart this morning. We're laying in bed and I'm just kind of sobbing as I'm trying to just think through this and just figure it out, you know, and just pedal through it. And, um, you know, the decision, when Matt left, Matt had to leave at 830 to go to a meeting. And when he left, he didn't think I was coming. I was like, you know what? I really don't think that I'm welcome there. Like, I don't think people want me there, you know? And I thought about the idea of even bearing a testimony. And then I started thinking, gosh, you know what? Like, how many times have they read from the pulpit letters explaining what a testimony is and what it isn't? And I could not bear a testimony that fits the description, you know, that they would want. So they don't want me to bear a testimony and they really don't want me to give comments. I remember being active in the church and having a couple different people who came at different times, right? And who gave comments that were just contrary to the norm. And I just remember feeling immediately like uncomfortable and like, oh, I wish they hadn't said that. And, and you know what I mean? And so I just know, because I used to be very active, that that's not what people love, right? I mean, there are always a few people there probably who are like, that was great, you know, thanks for that comment that made us all think. But 90% of the people there wish you wouldn't speak up if you have something to say that goes against the norm, right? And so that's where I was like, okay, why am I even doing this? Like, why is it so important to me to be able to go there? And why would it, like, would I be able to sit through a lesson if they're saying lots of things that I disagree with? Would I be able to just sit there quietly and feel like that was a good, productive thing for me to be doing? Maybe it's just best if I just don't even go, you know? And of course, that's the last two and a half years when I have been inactive, that is kind of where I've been. I'm like, you know what? It's just better if I'm not there. I just have so many other things I want to do with my time and with my energy than to listen to that and to feel you know, to feel looked down upon when the lessons are about, you know, people that have gone off the path, that are in the dark, that are, you don't realize how often, you know, that rhetoric and that language comes up until you're the one who left, who's off the path, who's in the dark, you know what I mean? Who has fallen away. All those, all those comments, like you just, yeah, you just don't notice them until you're the one, right? And then that's when church starts to feel so hurtful. 
and so and so exhausting and so it's like gosh you know for the longest time it just did not feel worth it but yeah after this last time when I came home crying I was determined I was like you know what I'm not ending like this I'm not just gonna walk away crying and never go back again I'm going to get to a point where I can go and sit through a meeting and it's going to be okay. So that's where we were. So Matt leaves for his meeting this morning at 8.30. He's pretty sure I'm not going to come because I have convinced myself that I am not welcome at the party. And then 12 o'clock rolls around and who walks in? You do. It's me. In sparkly gold shoes and black (laughs) pants and this great little sweater. And Uh, she just walks in and, and sits down next to me and I'm like, oh, hi. You decided to come. You decided to come. And... It's interesting mm-hmm. because because being so it's interesting when when someone you know goes through a faith transition, I think you all go through a faith transition it It adjusts even in the slightest way of how you look at things mm-hmm. or how you think about things, and you have to make sense about things for yourself and you can't i I think it's unfair to say you should or you shouldn't to either one of you. Totally. And yeah. and so sometimes that's where our brains really want to go. They want to go to um, here is my manual for you, and this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Here's my you know these are the things that I think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really it's unfair to the other person, and it's unfair to you because y- you are suddenly giving your power over to somebody else to say, okay, if you do these things, I'm going to feel happy. And if you do these things, I'm going to feel sad. And so when you came in, I, I really was trying to think, okay, because I trust you and I love you. And, and that's what I said to you before I left. Mm-hmm. I said, because um, you said, I don't think they want you there. And I said, I want you here or there or wherever you want to be. And, and, um, because I, I don't think that it's necessarily important for you to, to come to church with me. If you, if it feels so, if it doesn't feel productive, I don't want you to be there. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, if it feels hurtful for you, I don't want you to be there because I love you. And, and I want you to be, I want you to be in a place that you're growing and learning. And I don't want to be home. I don't want to leave and not be at church because I feel like it's a place that's helpful for me. Mm-hmm. But I understand that that's not the case for everybody. And we run into, you know, just a, a roadblock a few times, right? Where I say, but like, remember last time how I left crying? Like, why doesn't that make you not want to go back? <laughs> right. And that's such a tricky question, right? Cause it's not fair, but it is right. It's just like such a tricky one. I used the example to Matt this morning. Like what if our teenage daughter like went and hung out with some friends and they like said, you know, these things that made her cry, like, would you want her to go back there again? And would you want to go hang out with those kids again? Right. And I know that's not a perfect example by any means, right? But at the same time, like in my head, it makes sense. And I'm like, why would you want to go hang out with those friends that made our daughter cry, you know? And so anyway, so we're still working through that kind of stuff. Like it's just tricky and there's no perfect answer to like, you know, and and really in the end what we've come to is that like Matt doesn't have to have a perfect answer. All he has to say is, please trust me that, that I go there not to hurt you, that I go there because I like because it feels beneficial to me and if it ever stops feeling beneficial to me um then I'll stop going right and but for now and and same with me like I will as, yeah. yeah I will start coming back if it starts feeling beneficial to me and I don't have to have reasons like you know we can't this is what we did for the longest time right we would just make these lists of reasons like these are all the reasons why Lindsay should keep coming to church 
These are all the reasons why Lindsay shouldn't keep coming to church. These are all the reasons why Matt should stop going to church. These are all the reasons why Matt should start going, like should keep going to church, right? And those lists, like they just never work out, right? It's such a miserable place to be because your list always feels more justified and always feels more true. And more important. And more important and more like, yeah, like if you are a good human, like you'll see that this, my list makes more sense, yeah. right? If, it's if, a miserable yeah. place to be. Well, and it's interesting because... um it's uh Brene Brown talks about how you, you know, with, with empathy, we empathy is, is trying to understand where the other person is coming from, but she uses the analogy of, of lenses. And she says, you can't physically take off your lenses. Yeah. They are soldered to your brain. Mm -hmm. You can't. And so I, I physically don't know what you're going through when, when it's so hurtful for you. And I can, and and this is what I tried to do this morning. Is I, I said I. I I'll stop there for just one second. And I physically don't know what you're going through. Like why it's so good for you, right? Like I can try to convince myself that I know what's best for you, but I never do. Mm-hmm. I just never do, right? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and and that's and so that's what I tried to do this morning. I tried mm-hmm. to be really empathetic, because sometimes we'll get in into a situation where we start trying to convince each other, and mm-hmm. we're almost like teenage brothers and sisters who are like yeah. one upping each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really tried to approach this situation as as your partner, as your husband, as your mm-hmm. friend, and just listen and be empathetic. And I said, I, I'm sorry. That sounds really hard. Mm-hmm. That sounds really hard. And and I'm sorry. And that's, you know, that that's was amazing. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Like that, I think that was like one of the best conversations we've had in such a long time because it didn't get defensive and you didn't try to fix it. You just kept telling me that you're sorry and that it felt that that sounded really hard. And I, I could tell you meant it. And it was like huge to me and it was beautiful. Like you left and I was like, I felt so loving towards you. And in the past, it hasn't felt that way at all. It's just felt like, oh my gosh, like, are we going to be able to make it through this? This is like, is this more than we can handle, right? Like this whole mixed faith marriage thing. But I think the more we get to that place where we truly like just let the other person feel their pain or feel whatever it is they need to feel, right? And we don't need to fix it for them and we don't need to get defensive, right? Like that's when like, it's just like that rocket fuel towards like a future that feels hopeful and that feels like so much more fun than the one where we're just constantly fighting and comparing lists and proving each other wrong. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, so church ended up being fine. Like the lessons this week, I'm, it, I mean, you know how it is. It's like, it's a crapshoot from week to week. Sometimes the lessons are just laden with, you know, remarks that are built into them. And other times they're laden with comments, you know, that, that just come from, from people who are really doing their best, but just, you know, they just don't know that some things they say sound so harsh to someone who has left. And, and so today, honestly, like I absolutely zero complaints. Like the testimony meeting was beautiful. I was crying, which always makes me laugh when I go back um, and cry because I think people always notice they're like, Oh, she's crying. She's crying. She's going to come back. <laughs> well, and it, it was it, to me, it was like, it was exactly, it was everything a testimony meeting should be. Totally. It totally. was the, the bishop was really, really cognizant at the very beginning and, yeah. and said, and said, we invite you to come up and share testimonies of Jesus Christ and share testimonies of how the, the Holy Spirit in, acts in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and we remind you that, that that's what we'd like to hear about. That's what, those are the testimonies that we'd like to hear. Which does remind people you know, who come. It says visitors welcome, but it doesn't mean that visitors are welcome to go up and bear testimony if they don't believe in Jesus Christ as a Savior, right? And so, but I, everyone has their own interpretation of that. Alan, I'm excited to hear how yours went if you went up and bore your testimony, but 
And I'm still considering maybe doing it if I can figure out a way, you know, to make sense of a testimony that would make sense to me. And maybe I'll even pass it by the bishop before and ask him if he thinks it's okay if I, you know, say a few things. Because I do still think, I I do still think a lot about Jesus. I just don't see him as a personal savior like I used to, you know. And so I'm not certain that like the moderator of that of that group would be, you know, would block my um, my responses or if he'll want them, if he'll, you know, think they're fine. So maybe I'll pass it by him. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it. But it's kind of like knowing was, your audience. That's, yeah. that's the thing that, that's interesting yeah. about it is it's kind of like knowing your audience because you're not going to you think about like the things that you that you say to a, a five year old. You're not going to tell them, you know, this in-depth thing about whatever it is. So knowing, like knowing your audience, I think that's, that was the thing, that was kind of the switch that happened in my head. I was like, this is a different audience for, you know, this podcast, for example, has a different audience. The people who are coming to listen to this know either one of their spouses or both or know that there's an issue about faith. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about these things... So sensitive, right? Yeah. So careful. And and we're Mm -hmm. aware and we're very cognizant of the things Mm -hmm. that we're saying. And and at church, it's a different audience. And if you're at, you know, if you're at a rock concert, it's a completely different audience than than at a church meeting. Which don't you think, honestly, when you think about it, like, I don't know, people in mixed faith marriages have so many advantages like yes. because i think when you when you're in an echo chamber either in or outside of the church it is it really truly is a little bit more difficult i think to see the perspectives of your fellow you know humans and i think when you've got two people in one house who have such extreme polar views of like their existence and their you know pre and post life like that i don't know that stuff i think it's i really do think it's an advantage to most of us it's a superpower yeah and to our kids right like that we just have this and it's hard i'm not saying i think in lots of ways our life was easier in some ways, you know, before I went through my faith transition and um, our kids just had two parents who just took them to church every week. And it was in lots of ways, it was so much simpler. Right. Yeah. But it, but now it's I don't know, in, in so many ways now are the depth of our of our thought processes and the depth of our love for one another has had to um, evolve. evolve and has had to just deepen, you know, it has. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it, it allows you to, to evolve yourself. It allows you to think more deeply about what you believe and why you believe it mm-hmm. and, and what you don't believe and why you don't believe it. It allows you to, to allow somebody else to have a belief that doesn't match with what you believe and be okay with it, mm-hmm. which is huge. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that allows you to have not just empathy, but it allows you to have connection. It allows mm-hmm. you to have that intimacy. Yeah. And and without, you know, sometimes understanding where somebody's coming from, you have so much more um, depth of feeling and depth of like connection and, and saying, oh, wow, I, I didn't know that that was that hard for you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it allows you to have so much more intimacy in your marriage and, and, mm-hmm. and so much more um, intimacy with yourself almost. Like sure. understanding what you believe and why you believe it, mm-hmm. it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, so sure. I think it was a model, for me, it was a model sacrament meeting. Totally. I was like... <laughs> I know, bring it on next week, Bountiful Ward, because we know you can do better than that. We know you can try harder to offend me. 
<laughs> no, I'm totally joking. No, like honestly, and it's never that. It really isn't. Like I am not an easy. I'm never. I've never been a person who's like easily offended by other people's comments and stuff. But I am sensitive to other people's words, right? But I don't. I don't make it mean anything about them. I'm not like, oh, I hate them or anything. It's never been like that. It's more just like, oh, like how do I process that? How do I? How do I make sense of that? You know. So anyway, it for sure. It was an, as far as meetings go. It was a two-hour block that was relatively easy. I mean, I could. I could have like nitpicked a few things, you know, to point out. But 99% of it was very uh, sensitive to like, you know, yeah, to a large. Um, you know, audience of people that anyway. I kind of think that that's like it. It felt like to me, it felt like that's really what people are trying to do anyway. Like they're trying, they were trying to be loving, and and I don't think that they were like on their like we have we have to be a model citizen now because we have somebody in the audience. I think that they really people really do try their best. They try their best. I think a lot of people are very unaware, though, that there's anyone in the audience who doesn't think just like them, right?、Mm-hmm. And so that's when the really insensitive comments come out that can feel really hurtful. Yeah. And even, I mean, even just like, I mean, there were several things said, you know, like just like, you know, like I don't have a, a sh- beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, all those comments like that, and you're just like, so if I do have a shadow of a doubt, then what, right? Like then is that a problem? And Right, like people just say a lot of things like that, where they're just so certain and they're so sure that they know exactly how things are, right?、Mm-hmm. And that never even phases you until you're the one who's doubting or you're the one who has, you know, who has left. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, are we looking down on the people who do have doubts? Are we, you know? And it, it's tricky. So anyway, so we'll stop here before we go on for too long. But thank you for this opportunity, and we will look forward. To talking again next week, and、um, yeah, and just going back to church again next week. So week two, here we come. We're gonna see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't wanna leave, 'cause if change is what you need, you can change right next to me. When you're high, I'll take the lows. You can ebb and I can flow. We'll take it slow and grow as we go.